Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. This is Beyond the Benediction. Thank you for joining me once again on this endeavor that I like to call a podcast. <laughs> it's something that I always take pleasure and privilege in doing, and I thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part and to listen. My task in doing this podcast is to simply spread the good news of Jesus Christ. So I feel like that's something we're all called to do, but this is a, a special tug on my heart to do this. Now, I pray that this is something that blesses you in some area if you walk with Christ. As a point of emphasis, I do something outside of this podcast called Real Talk, Real Faith. It's a forum that I do with two of my brothers, Johnny Douglas and Ronald Evans. We do a show every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Facebook and YouTube. So you can just go to Facebook and put in Real Talk, Real Faith and subscribe to our group there. Or you can just go to YouTube and put in Real Talk, Real Faith and subscribe to our page. And we do it again live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So hopefully you'll join us there as we break down scripture and do exactly what the title of the forum is. We do real talk about the real things that we face as Christians. So hopefully you'll join me and my brothers in that initiative. All right, so now let's get into the business at hand for this week. This is the last of my series on God's greatest gifts. This is episode four. The peace of God. Now, it's funny because initially I wanted to do three episodes. I felt that three was a nice round number, so to speak. But then the Holy Spirit, in addition to a suggestion from a friend, she knows who she is. I'm sure she'll hear this episode at some point. Gave me this idea about talking about the peace of God. So it kind of lit the fire for this episode. So I figured it would be a good way to round out or to end the series on the God's greatest gift. So the peace of God. And that's something I think is a very underrated thing that we get from God and that God provides so that God is. He is peace. He is our peace. The Bible makes it clear that he is our peace. And as Christians, when you look at the state of the world, and you look at how calamitous it is, how chaotic and evil just seems to be running rampant. Peace is something that we definitely see. But what if I could tell you that there's a way for you to get a peace that you've never experienced before? Now, this is not due to some magic potion, some drug, or some hallucinogenic state. This is something that God himself offers. The word peace in the original text has different meanings. Of course, the Bible is written in Hebrew and in Greek. But I like one of these definitions of the word peace. And it says it's a tranquil state of a soul assured of his salvation through Jesus Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with this earthly lot or whatever sort that is. That's one definition. So think about what that says. The tranquil state of a soul assured of his salvation. That's a different way of even looking at peace. If someone says, picture a peaceful place, your mind would probably go to like some tropical island, you're sitting on the water, or you may think of a cabin somewhere in the woods, just away from people and away from everything. That's usually what comes to mind. 
But the peace that we're talking about here is a state of a soul assured of his salvation. But here's another one. It says it's security, safety, prosperity. And it also says the blessed state of devout and upright men after death. Wow. So, and one of the things we talked about in previous episodes, how in the Bible, depending on the text and depending on the context, a word can have multiple meanings. So the word peace, as we just talked about, has various meanings, even about that one word, depending on the context. But let me start off with the scripture, John chapter 14 and verse 27. This is Jesus. And he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So even right here, Jesus is making a clear distinction between the peace he offers versus the peace that the world offers. Because again, when you typically think about peace in your mind, you think about that vacation spot, that idyllic scenario, that idyllic scene. And that may provide some comfort or some peace, but that's usually temporary. You can't stay in that place forever. You can't stay perpetually in that moment because you still have life. You still have things to do and responsibilities. So you can't realistically just always live the duration of your life in that particular place. So that even in that piece, it's only conditional of you being there and you can only be there for a certain amount of time. So that piece that the world is offering is totally substandard when it comes to the peace that God offers us. So that's what I want to talk about in this week's episode, how God's peace is so much drastically different and so much drastically more valuable because we should be trying to seek the peace that God offers us because the peace that God offers us, not only does it rivals the peace that the world gives us, it is not as transient or as shaky or as inconsistent as the world's peace. Because the things that God does for us, they're never just temporary. They always have a bigger meaning at hand, a bigger meaning in store. Every blessing God has for us is not just for us. It's always for him to get glory and for others to see him so they too can give him glory. That includes the peace that God offers us. So I want to give you three things that God's peace does for us or provides for us. The first thing that we can say about the peace of God is that God's peace identifies us. Now you may say, well, how does God God's peace identify us? Well, there's something different about when you have the peace of God and you're walking in his peace, you're residing in his peace. There's a way about you that's very much noticeable. That doesn't mean because you have God's peace, you're not going to have problems. The way you show you have God's peace is that in the midst of the problems, you still have your peace. That you can still go through those situations as inevitable as they may be and still glorify God. And God calls us not to just receive his peace, but to share his peace and to try our best to transfer, as it were, his peace to others. Let me give you a scripture. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 9. Again, this is a quote directly from Jesus. And he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, I referenced being called children of God in my last episode that we did. But 
He says, if you are someone who is making peace, you will be called a child of God. So that right there means that you are an identifier because you can be a peacemaker because you have God's peace. So because you have God's peace, you have a demeanor about you. You have a mindset about you that wants to see peace go forth from you. You don't want to just be a recipient and a hoarder of God's peace. You want to be someone who heralds and shares God's peace. And as it says in the scripture, that you will be called children of God. Can people identify you as a child of God by your demeanor? Can they identify you as a child of God by the way you carry yourself in tough times? Do people look to you in times of conflict to provide answers as opposed to instigate? Are you the person they come to when people are flummoxed, when they're vexed? Let me come to you because I know this person has an ability to help bring peace in the midst of whatever chaotic situation I may find myself in. That should be an identifier that we belong to God because they should see our peaceful disposition. And even though we may have problems, we don't want to see others going through problems. We have a desire to see peace flourish in the life of others. There's another scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, and it says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So think about that. The mind governed by the spirit. So govern means it's run, it's controlled. So if you're ran and controlled by the spirit, you must identify with God. As Christians, we don't always have the answers, but we should be the ones that are looking to solve the problems. People should be looking to us as voices of reason. When people consider that there's an issue, we're one of the first persons they call to say, you know what, let me call Kevin because he usually has a mind to try to resolve situations. So when they're thinking about Christians, are they thinking about us as peacemakers or as gossipers, as instigators of trouble or problem solvers? So we need to make sure we have the right perspective because there are scriptures that talk about trying to make sure as Christians we have a good reputation. Because even though God is not affected, the people who don't believe in God can have a misconception of God based on how they view us. Because if they see God's children acting in a corrupt fashion, they will assume that God is maybe not as pure as he should be. Now, that does not affect God, but it affects them. And because of their tainted view of who God is, that can be a barrier to them coming to Christ. So us being peaceful is not just for us to flaunt our Christianity or to flaunt our identity. In a sense, our peaceful disposition is a form of evangelism. It's a form of Christianity advertising or PR. We're giving great Christianity public relations when we act in a peaceful way and we show that our peace identifies us with God. One more scripture and we'll move to the next point. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Another one of these famous scriptures and it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. That means the fruit, what we produce, what we show to the world should be peace. So it's evidence that when we are peaceful, when our dispositions, our lifestyles are catered to God's way of living in peace, it shows us that we identify as his children. The next thing 
that is something that we need to know about God's peace is that God's peace comforts us. Now, we talked about this a little bit in the opening part of the episode, that when we're going through a situation, when we're going through circumstances and just living our lives and the world is on our track, we have our self-doubt, and then, of course, the enemy's on our trail, we need to be comforted. There's no Christian at some point that doesn't get weary. I don't care how Holy Spirit-filled you are, no matter how devout of a believer you are, there are times when the world and life will beat you down. And sometimes all it takes is one phone call, one email, one conversation, one text message, and it'll put your mind in the doldrums. So God is aware that we at times need to be comforted. So that's why his peace not only identifies us as his children, but because we're his children, his peace comforts us in the midst of our situations. Let me give you a scripture. Philippians chapter four, starting at verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here it is, verse seven. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is one of those scriptures, guys, that I really wish you just write this one down. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. That's one of these scriptures It should be one of those in case of emergency break glass and you come to this text because it gives us such assurance that, first of all, it says don't be anxious, but to come to God with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. But he says we can present our request to him means that he's willing to listen. He's willing to hear. But it says the peace of God, this is the part I love, which transcends all understanding. That is so powerful because that means your situation may be dire, but his peace can give you comfort in the midst of it. There are going to be times where maybe you get laid off at your job. Maybe you get a bad report from the doctor. Maybe something tragic happens to a loved one. That doesn't change the reality of it because you're Christian. That doesn't mean we're not going to face those situations. But what the scripture is saying that despite Logically speaking, why you should be worried, you should be weary, you should be frantic, that God's peace can give you comfort that transcends understanding, which basically means if you're a Christian and you lose a loved one and you know someone who's not a Christian and they lose a loved one, there should be two different reactions to that same exact scenario. The person who does not know Christ is going to be hurting just as much as the person who is a Christian. But the difference is the person who knows Christ has a peace about the situation that the other person does not. And God says he will guard your heart and your mind. And think about how powerful that is. Because when you're going through a situation or a struggle, your heart and your mind are usually in opposition. Because your heart is hurt. And your brain is trying to process everything. So instead of those two things being in concert and being in tandem, they're usually going against each other. They're opposing each other. But this scripture is saying God's peace is going to comfort and be a guard. So when the enemy tries to make you as a believer feel like it can't get any worse or feel like, woe is me. You know what? Bad things only happen to me. This scripture is saying God's peace can give us the assurance to know that. 
he's still with us. The person who does not know Christ is going to feel like the world is crumbling. But the person who knows Christ knows that God holds the world in his hands. And it has to be something that's supernatural that comes from God. Because again, using that scenario, both people lost loved ones. Both of them could have lost the same person. But the person who has Christ has his peace that has a comfort that the other person is not afforded. There's another scripture. John chapter 16, verse 33. And this is Jesus again. I have told you these things that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now in that scripture, he was talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. So he's telling them, I'm letting you know ahead of time that I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be whipped and persecuted, and I'm going to be crucified. He was telling that to the disciples. So he was giving them advance notice of how he was going to be treated. But he's telling them so they may have peace. Think about that. Why would someone tell you something bad in advance so that you would have peace? That almost sounds oxymoronic. Like, if you want me to have peace, don't tell me something bad is happening, right? Don't tell me about the bad things. Just make me believe. Let me keep my head in the sand that I can have peace that I don't know. But he said, I know you're going to have trouble. But I'm telling you now, so when you see me overcome what's inevitable by what I'm about to face, you can have peace in your situation. Think about that. Jesus is telling the disciples and telling us today, as bad as what I went through in crucifixion and dying for your sins, I overcame the world. And if you're following me, you too can overcome as well. So he's given us a temper that says, don't worry. I've overcome the world and I'm in you. So if I've overcome the world and I'm in you, I'm giving you the power to overcome your situation. So why I'm telling you now, so you can have peace. So that way you can know that whatever it is that you face is not too hard are too insurmountable for me to overcome. And because I'm an overcomer, you can overcome as well. One more scripture, and this is kind of a bonus one. I found this one kind of late in my research. I really like this scripture. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. I just thought that was powerful. Look how comforting that is. God is saying, if we are obedient to him, if we serve him the way we should and follow his precepts and are faithful to him, even the ones who are trying to take us out, they will make peace with you if he takes pleasure in your way. Think how powerful that is. So you and I have so many reasons to give God glory for his peace. Just from this scripture, Proverbs 16, 7, it says, God causes them to make peace with you, meaning you don't have to try to come up with some kind of peace treaty. You don't have to come to them for a ceasefire. It says he will cause them to make peace with you. Think how awesome that is. And for those of us who are Christians, we know that enemies are inevitable in some form or fashion. But if we are living according to God's will, if we're obedient to him and we're living in his way, The Lord not only takes pleasure in it, but he makes enemies make peace with us. I just thought that was extremely powerful. 
last thing about God's peace, God's peace reconciles us. And this kind of piggybacks on the last episode we did on the gift of God's salvation, because that is arguably the greatest gift. We talked about that the last episode. But the reason why we can even have salvation is because God offers us peace with him. Think about it. It's almost an extension of the Proverbs text because God is causing us to make peace with him. He is the one that was offended. We as Christians, we as sinners rather, offended him. We should be paying for our sins, but he is offering us peace in a sense of trying to extend grace to us to reconcile us back to him. Typically, if someone does you wrong, you're going to wait for them to come to you and you're expecting them to apologize. You're expecting them to make amends for their transgression or their wrongdoing. But look how awesome God is. We're the ones who wrong God who offended God, and he offers us peace with him to reconcile us back to him. He's not sitting back, arms folded, saying, I'm waiting on Kevin because you're such a rotten sinner. You better come to me and beg and plead at my feet for my forgiveness. God offers us peace to reconcile us back to him. Here's a scripture. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, very famous scripture. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought to us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. The punishment that Jesus received brought us peace. Again, he was the one, even though he was the offended, offered peace to the offender. That's not how it works in the laws and the justice system in the world. A person who's who's defender has to make amends. You have to prove that you're contrite and you may still suffer. You may still endure the punishment for what you've done. But look at how awesome God's peace is. Not only does it reconcile us, it removes the payment we should still have. Because remember, when we're reconciled back to God, not only are we no longer his enemy, we don't have to pay the price for being his enemy, for offending him. Look how awesome his salvation is. Because again, in a typical justice system, if I'm arrested for a crime, I can be contrite and asking for forgiveness. But the person who I offended, they still want me to go to jail. I still have to face the punishment for what I've done. And hopefully if I face the punishment for what I've done at some point, I can be reintroduced back into society. But even then, I'm labeled a convict. I'm a criminal offender. And because I have that label over my head, there's certain rights I may not ever have again. And there's certain jobs I may not ever be able to qualify because I'm going to be licensed as a convict, a convicted felon. But look at how God's peace is. Not only does he offer us the peace to be reconciled to him, we are reestablished as if we never offended him in the first place. That's how awesome God's peace is. One more scripture will be done for this week. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, 
The reason we have peace with God is because of God himself through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross for our sins. So we are reconciled back to God because God himself offers us his peace. So as we close this episode, I hope that this series has blessed you. And I hope this is something that you can maybe go back to those moments, these four episodes, when maybe you get to the point where you feel like that, you know what, this Christian journey is too hard. I don't feel close to God right now. Well, you definitely want to go to him in prayer. You want to worship and get in his presence. But I hope that these episodes can be a reminder, kind of like to reignite that flame in your spirit that says, wait a minute. I mean, I'll be feeling the best, but God has been so good to me. And that's the whole purpose of the series, God's greatest gifts. These things are all gifts from God. The first one, grace, mercy, salvation, and now peace. These are gifts to us because, again, we have offended God in ways we can't even imagine. And we have transgressed his name so frequently and so ferociously. But God still offers these wonderful gifts. So it behooves us to make sure that those moments when our spirits are depleted, when our faith is low, that we remember these wonderful gifts that God has afforded to us. And gifts are not something we have deserved or earned. So that means the glory for these gifts don't come to us because we deserve it. It goes to him because he gives them to us, even though. We don't deserve it. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that it's blessed you. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction.